Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. I want to read today from the book of Galatians, and I am reading from chapter 6 and verse 9. The Bible says, Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let us not grow weary while doing good. This is the New King James Version. Not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I got a feeling there's a few folks in the building this morning that have not lost heart, and we are reaping the benefits and the blessings of living and serving this God through good times and bad we serve Him. Can you say amen? Amen. And it is with that in mind, and I do want to be honest with you, well, let me show you what I'm going to be preaching today. I'm going to preach this message that I've entitled, Going Through the Motions, and uh, As you can imagine, I was a bit conflicted this morning as to why the Lord would lay this message and the burden for this message on my heart um, when such a marvelous and beautiful demonstration of God's Spirit right from the beginning, right from the opening opening song, uh, the Spirit of the Lord started moving and stirring us and and, uh, the, the, the atmosphere of praise and worship and then, of course, that beautiful song that uh, Brother Jameson just sang, I'm at the feet of a miracle maker, a miracle worker, just moving and touching, and I'm trying to think of how I'm going to parlay into going through the motions, because I did not have to go through the motions this morning. I felt Jesus. I hope you did too. I felt Jesus. But then I got to thinking about it, And I thought, you know what? This is the perfect time to preach this message, and I'll explain why as we go forward. Let's pray right now. Jesus, we ask by your Spirit that you will bless and touch in this place, that you will move and touch our lives, our hearts, meeting our needs, ministering in a great way, opening our understanding. I pray that you'll anoint these lips of clay and my tongue of flesh. We need to hear the Spirit of the Lord speak to us, and we ask today in Jesus' name that you will have your own way. I pray that you'll touch every guest, every visitor that's among us today. Let them feel the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts for them. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray by your Spirit. Everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Can we clap our hands one more time for Jesus? Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Calvin Coolidge once said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. He said, talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with great talent. He said, genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. He said, education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. And then he said, persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Persistence 
and determination alone. I contend that it is consistence and determination that brings us to the place that God can move on us the way He did here today. I believe it is our consistent effort, our worship, whether we feel like it or not, our desire to serve Him, whether our hearts are stirred up or not. There are days when it's easy to serve Him. There are days when it's more difficult to serve Him. There are days when we want to do right. There are days when we don't want to do right. And it is the persistence and the determination alone that gets the job done. Can you say amen? My mother taught me that lesson when I was a boy growing up. She had three boys. Me and my older brother were the worst two. And I was the worst because of him. It was his fault. But uh, we uh, realized that you could stay home from school if you were sick. And so we tried it. We woke up and we were sick. And we stayed home. And my mother noticed about 10.30, shortly after the bus left, and we had held out as long as we could, that we didn't seem so sick anymore. And she packed our things, got our school clothes on us, and drove us to school. From that moment on, I will never forget the words of my mother when I would wake up in the morning and say, Mom, I feel sick today. She would say without doubt, and I quote verbatim, you'll feel better once you get there. <laughs> With my mother to stay home from school sick, you had to have physical proof coming out of one end or the other, or you were going to school. Because she knew that persistence and determination is where it's at. She taught me the lesson that uh, we all need to learn, and that is the feeling follows the action. We don't always feel like doing the right thing, but if we do the right thing, the feeling will then come. How many of you had a job to do and you didn't feel like doing it, but once you got into it, suddenly you got in the swing of things, you got in the flow of things. So it is with living for God. Probably the worst enemy of our enthusiasm Sometimes we do lose our enthusiasm in serving God. One of the worst enemies of our enthusiasm is time. How many of you can remember back to when you first found Jesus, or should I say when Jesus first found you? I I always marvel at that when we say, "I, I found the Lord. No, He was never lost. He found you. You were the one lost. He found you. How exciting it was. I remember those days, Vinny. I don't know what it was like for you. You came in before I did, but you remember when I came in. It was exciting for me, so much newness, so many things happening, understanding God for the first time in my life, going home the next morning and speaking in tongues and, and just thrilled with, with, with what I was feeling, what was happening in my life. But the worst enemy of that kind of enthusiasm is time because we have a remarkable and some might say a sad capacity for getting tired of even good things. 
We get tired of even good things. I love a good steak, but if you feed me that every night, I'm going to get tired of it. Huh? We get tired of good things. And every one of us, I'm sure, can think of something that we were very enthusiastic about at one time that's kind of lost its fervor, and the joy is somewhat faded. And I want to warn you all that that can and does happen with our walk with God, because we're people. Our enthusiasm about living for God can fade. Now, it doesn't mean that we can never stop and start something new. Some things just run their course. Living for God is not one of them. Some things do run their course, and some things we are expected and supposed to move on from. But one of the things we are not supposed to move on from is well-doing. Do not become weary with well-doing. Do not become weary with doing good. Do not become weary with doing the things that the Word dictates we should be doing. We should be worshiping. We should be lifting our hands. We should be clapping our hands. We should be shouting with the voice of triumph. We should be singing the songs of Zion. We should be coming out to the house of God. We should be praying. We should be fasting. And these are the we should be loving one another. We should be burdened about the lost souls and the condition of humanity around us. And we must not allow ourselves to become weary with those activities. we got to press on. And thus the title of my sermon today, Going Through the Motions, because sometimes you just got to go through the motions. I mentioned that in my sermon last week, and uh, I couldn't get away from it, and the Holy Ghost prodded me and moved on me. I was wanting to preach. I've got something else I want to preach, and I will eventually get to it when I feel the Holy Ghost allows me to. But I couldn't get away from that statement I made last week that we need to sometimes go through the motions. And uh, so that's what I want to focus on today is the actual going through of the motions. We can become tired with a lot of things. We can become weary with a lot of things. But we must not grow weary of being patient. We must not grow weary of being kind. We must not grow weary of being good and being faithful and being gentle and being self-controlled. I'm reading from the fruit of the Spirit, by the way. We must not become weary of the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit being in our lives. lives. We must not grow weary of manifesting our peace and our joy and all kinds of acts that we perform for our neighbors, for our friends, for the lost, for our brothers and sisters in church, we must not grow weary being kind and reaching out. In short, we must not lose heart and grow weary of expending ourselves in love. Expending ourselves in love. Paul says in chapter 5, verse 21 here of Galatians, he says, those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom. If you grow weary, you'll not inherit the kingdom. In verse six, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, he says, if you stop sowing to the Spirit, what will happen is we will start sowing to the flesh. 
See, we're all sowing. We are all sowing continually. Every action is a sowing process. We must sow to the Spirit so that we can reap of the Spirit everlasting life and never become weary of sowing to the Spirit. Can you say amen? I saw this illustration and I put it in here. Now, the numbers are old. They're a little outdated. Uh, You'll see what I mean by that in a moment. But I think probably the uh, ratios are probably pretty close still. And I think, obviously, it's more of an illustration than it is factual. But let me just read it because... It, uh, it, 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 it's, it's funny. It says the population of this country is 280 million. It was obviously written a little while back. I think it's 360-something million now. But anyway, here's what it says. 280 million people in this country, 124 million are over the age of 65. That leaves 156 million to do the work. 104 million people are under the age of 25. That leaves 52 million left to do the work. Assuming 25, you're still in school, right? Going to college? I got nothing against college. Just make sure you reject the atheistic beliefs and stay firm in the truth. Don't, don't, let, don't, let, don't, let them get, don't let the world and its philosophies get to you. There's one God, one Lord one faith, one baptism, one creator. All right. After you take away the college kids, there's 52 million to do the work. 30 million people are working for the federal government. You know, they're not doing any of the work. Which leaves us 22 million to do the work. Four million are in the armed forces. God bless our military that protect our freedoms and our rights. They're working like we never saw work done, but they're not doing this work, keeping a country going. Uh, you need to deduct another 17800000 for state workers. They don't work either. <laughs> we, have, we have state workers that are in a congregation right now. What a cushy job. I mean, come on. What do you get, like, what do you get, like, 250 sick days a year? 225. 225, and then 75 personal days, right? (laughs) I'm joking, of course. The states have to run. I think they have too many people doing the work, but whatever. I'm sure, let me get back to this. Take away the state workers, you've got 200,000 people left to do the work. There's 188,000 people at any time in the hospitals and institutions of various kinds across this country, which leaves only 12,000 to do the work. But unfortunately, 11,998 people are in jail. That leaves two people to do the work. And quite frankly, brother, that's you and me, and I'm getting tired of doing it all. (laughs) That's about how we feel sometimes, isn't it? Is there anybody else helping out here? There's a lot to do, and I'm working my fingers to the bone, and I'm getting tired. Don't become weary in well-doing. I don't care if you're doing it alone. 
Keep doing it. I would have to say that one of the saddest things I have seen in my years of ministry and pastoring is people who grow tired and fall away. And it is usually, in most cases, it is weariness that causes people to fall away from God. What do I mean by that? And I'm going to be preaching about this in the future, but there's a, there's a lack of understanding of resisting sin. People don't understand resisting sin, and they place it all on their own shoulders, and it becomes too great of a burden to bear. We'll talk about that in another sermon. Come on back, because I don't know when I'm going to preach it, so you want to make sure you're here when I do, because I'm going to help you understand what the difference is between trying to live for God and successfully living for God by being free. All right? So I'm saying all that to say this. I've seen people struggle with things, fight through things, have difficulty with things, and become weary in doing well. And the first thing that starts happening is they come to church, but they don't worship with enthusiasm. They don't worship with enthusiasm. Now, can I have a showing of hands of everyone in the congregation who is by nature an enthusiastic person? i got to put my hand down. Why? Because I'm not really enthusiastic by nature. I'm kind of a... I, I, you're all familiar with Winnie the Pooh. I'm Eeyore. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. He and I connect, you know? Oh, well, probably wasn't going to work anyway. <laughs> Am I not Eeyore? Do I always, do I not? All right. How many of you who don't really know me, who watch me worship God in church, could look at me and say, well, that boy, that guy's a definite Eeyore? Could you? Eeyore. Do you know who Eeyore is? You're the wrong person to talk to. Who knows who Eeyore is? You know who Eeyore is. Would you look at me worshiping and think I'm a definite Eeyore? No. You'd think I was a tigger. Oh, God bless you. Why is that? Because I am worshiping not based upon my feelings, but upon how great my God is. And I have watched people over time, over the years that I've ministered and pastored, I've watched people come into church, something new happens, life's transformed, they're all excited, they're really into it, everything's going great, but guess what? What's going great will one day not go so great. The rain falls on the just and on the unjust. Don't you ever forget that. I've preached this in the past. You will have good days. You will have bad days. Jesus doesn't take all of your days and make them wonderful. Jesus puts you in rough places. But when he does that, we become better people. We are sharper people. We are stronger people. And I've watched people come to church, and, I, and nobody here because you're still here, but I've watched people who are no longer here come to church all enthused, worshiping, jumping, shouting, God is great. And then one day they come to church because they've had a terrible week. And the devil has beat them. Nah, take that back. Devil doesn't. Life beats them. Devil doesn't have that much authority. 
we give the devil too much credit. Sometimes it's just life. Should I say it? Will you take care of things afterwards if I say this? We go around and patch things up for me. So I'm about to say something that's going to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> Sometimes it ain't the devil. It's you. It's, it's, it's your stupid decisions. It's your stupid Pity giving into your emotions and your feeling. It got nothing to do with the devil. It's just flesh. You create your own problems sometimes. I just, I'm just saying. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I've watched people come in, and whether they've created their own problems or it's just life, because other people are jerks too. Huh? Some days you're not the jerk. Somebody else is, and they irritate you. Oh, well. Come on, get used to it. Last time I checked, there ain't a one of us anywhere around that's perfect. Right? So I will sooner or later offend you if you hang around me long enough. And you will offend me if I'm around you long enough. The question is, who gets there first? Are you stupider than me? Are you going to irritate me before I get a chance to hear? I don't know. Uh, <sighs> what a great story. Why don't I even bring Jameson back up here and get worshiping God again? Uh, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that one of the saddest things I have seen in, over the years is people who, because life deals them hardship, and blows, and they're not sure what's going on, and they wonder why God hasn't delivered them just like that immediately. Sometimes it's because God's going to teach you a lesson, whatever. The th- sometimes someone else needs to see a lesson. They need to be able to watch someone else go through something. Who knows what the reasons are, but I've watched them come to church, and suddenly they're not quite as exuberant in their worship because they're discouraged. And they allow their discouragement to take away some of their praise and worship. I'm here to tell you, your praise and your worship is your power. I could read you from Psalm 149, where the Bible talked about praise and worship being like a sharp two-edged sword, where praise and worship pulls down the kings and and the strongholds, and we're talking about spiritually speaking. Let me tell you something. One of the best things you can do when you are going through a difficult time and when your life is turned upside down and you've got a battle raging in, in, in front of you that you don't know how to handle and you don't know what to do about it, the best thing you can do is throw your hands in the air and start to praise the Lord. It's powerful. It's powerful. It can never, ever, ever be based in feeling. It can never be based in how you feel. It can never find its roots in what's going on in your life. Worship has got to find its roots in the fact that He is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 
But I've seen people come and I've seen them go, and one of the reasons they've gone is because they could not grasp this understanding that God will get you through this, that He's worthy of praise on my bad days just like my good days. And they start losing their enthusiasm and they become tired of doing good and they wake up Sunday morning and suddenly it gets to the place where they don't feel like going to church and suddenly they start missing a service here or two and two turns into three and three turns into a month and a month turns into a year and the next thing you know, they're just gone back out for, to, to whence, from whence they came. It's okay to become weary. Don't become weary with well-doing. It's okay. It's okay if you come to a service like this one today. It's okay if you're here today and the move of God that we had. It's okay if you didn't feel a thing. There's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes it's just like that. Don't let anybody know. Worship God anyway. Praise Him anyway. Exalt Him anyway. Why? Because it's not about what's going on in our life. It's about how great God is. Let me hurry along here. Joseph had a dream God gave him. We know the story of Joseph. We know the story of his brothers. He was sold to jail, uh, sold to Egypt. He ended up in jail. Uh, But there was something Joseph had a hold of that nothing could take away from him. That was his faith in God. No matter what, he was not going to be moved. They sold him as a, he had a vision that all the 11 stars and, and the sun and the moon, his mother, his father, and his 11 brothers were going to fall down and bow to him. He had that vision. He understood what his calling was. And the next thing you know, he is a slave in Egypt. And then the next thing you know, after being a slave in Egypt, he's a, a rejected slave in Egypt. And he's cast into prison, and in prison, without bad things were, the one thing he never lost was his love for God. He kept worshiping. He kept praising. He kept living for God. No matter what the circumstances could not rob him of his relationship with God. And if some of us were Joseph, we'd have missed the opportunity to interpret a dream to end up getting the job He got. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about great men, women of the Old Testament. The Bible says they obtained a good testimony through faith, and yet through their good testimony of faith, they still did not receive the promise. They died without the promise. Oh, they're in glory, but they were looking for the Holy Ghost, and they died before it was given. Hey, we might die before we see end-time revival the way we're going to see it in this world before it's over. Maybe I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'll be dead before it happens. I don't know. Uh, But I I know this. I'm not giving up hope. I'm pressing on, and if I have to go through the motions, I have to go through the motions. Sometimes we feel like we're just going through the motions. Sometimes our world has led us to believe that if if, uh, what we're doing doesn't excite us, it's time to move on to something else. Huh? You don't like your job, get another one. That may be true. I don't know. Maybe not, though. You know, sometimes you pers- there's something to be said for perseverance. But it never has to do with doing well. 
We need to do well with our work ethic, do well with our family, do well with our relationship with other people, do well with our attitude towards life, do well with our kindness, our generosity, our worship, our commitment, our commitment to God, our commitment to each other, our commitment to the church of God, our commitment to the saints of God, our commitment to the, to the, to the kingdom of God. We must never grow weary of these things. And when we are tired, go through the motions. Do you hear me? It's okay to go through the motions because there are times I come to church and I'm just going through the motions. Well, what good is it then, preacher? I'll tell you what good it is because there's coming a day on the other side when it won't be going through the motions anymore, but I got to get there. In 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10 and 11, let me read it quick. For even when we were with you, we commanded you, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. How many of you always feel like getting up and going to work? How many of you ever feel like it? Co. Co is probably the only person I know that probably jumps up out of bed, can't wait to get doing something. But if you don't work, you don't, if you do what you feel like doing, which is sometimes not doing what you don't feel like doing, if you don't work, you don't eat. I'm fast running out of time, but I need to remind us, if the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat, how do you expect to eat spiritually if you're not going to work spiritually? If you need the blessing of God, how much more should you worship and praise and live right and think right and do right and read the Bible and do how much more should you do those things? Because if you do those things, He will feed you. Paul said, For I hear that there are some of you who walk among some who walk among you in a disorderly manner. He didn't say they were living in sin. He said they weren't working. <laughs> That's a disorderly manner. They're not working, and when you don't work, you're a busybody because you got to fill the void with something. Man, listen, next time someone comes up to you ready to share their gossip with you, get away from them. They Get away. If the person they want to talk to you about is not in the conversation, shut them down and say, I got work to do. Workers don't got time to be busybodies. Paul went on to say, now those who are such, we command and exhort through the Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. So just shut your mouth and, and live for God. Shut up and live for God. Next time someone comes up to God, hey, did you hear about something? Just look at them and say, shut up and go live for God. <laughs> I promise you this. <laughs> you won't have to worry about them coming to gossip with you anymore. And then he said this, but as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. Now, that's not the verse I opened with. That's a whole separate verse. I read from Galatians at the beginning of this chapter, or this sermon. This is in 2 Thessalonians. As for you, brethren, don't you be busybodies. You be workers. Physical workers, yes. Spiritual workers also. What is spiritual work? 
Sometimes it takes work to lift your hands when you don't feel like it. Sometimes it takes work to clap and shout and sing when you don't feel like it. Sometimes it takes work to stand up and look enthusiastic when you don't feel enthusiastic. Why? Because you're just going through the motions. But if I keep going through the motions, I'm going to reach a place where it doesn't take going through the motions anymore. I'll feel it. I'll feel it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I close with this. I want to close with this. How many of you are familiar with the Chinese bamboo tree? Anybody? You are. A couple of you are familiar with the Chinese bamboo tree. Chinese bamboo tree, they plant the seed for it. Now listen carefully to what happens with this Chinese bamboo tree. It's amazing. They water it and they fertilize it for an entire year. Chinese bamboo tree. And guess what happens after that first year of watering and fertilizing? Nothing. The second year, they water it and they fertilize it. Guess what happens finally after the second year? You go it. You got it. Nothing. The third year. How many of you are getting tired already of watering and fertilizing? <laughs> the third year, they water it, they fertilize it, and nothing happens. And the fourth year, they water it and they fertilize it and nothing happens. And the fifth year, they water it, and they fertilize it. And then suddenly, in a period of about six weeks, the Chinese bamboo tree shoots up upwards to 90 feet in six weeks, after five years of nothing. But wait a second. It wasn't five years of nothing. It was five years of something that you couldn't see. Because during those first five years, that Chinese bamboo tree is growing a root system underground that can support a 90-foot-tall trunk. It takes a lot of roots, deep roots, widespread roots to handle a tree that tall. And it took five years for that to happen. And we get tired after two weeks of not feeling God the way we want to. Listen, we need to water and we need to fertilize our relationship with God whether we see something happening or don't see something happening. We need to understand that it is going through the motions sometimes that I'm watering and I'm fertilizing this relationship that I have with God. And in so doing, I am growing roots down deep into the things of God. And I will shoot forth. And when I shoot forth and God starts using me and God starts doing great things, I will not be shaken by the winds that are going to be blowing against me. Trust me, the taller you get, the stronger the winds are that blow against you. But if you've taken the time to go through the motions over 
over and over and over again when you don't see anything happening as a result of it and you don't feel anything necessarily but you know this is what you're supposed to do I'm supposed to praise him I'm supposed to clap my hands I'm supposed to go to church I'm supposed to read my Bible you're digging roots my friend It may feel like you're going through the motions, but you're digging roots. And then one day, you'll begin to sprout. And what God can do with somebody who's willing to go through the motions when you don't feel it. Is there someone like that today that wants to go through the motion of walking to this altar and saying, I haven't felt anything this whole service. While everybody was worshiping and great move of God was happening, I felt like I was out in the left field. That's okay. I'm going to come down and go through the motions. Is there anybody here like that today that wants to come? Fill this altar. Maybe you're not going through the motions today. That's great. Come on down and worship the Lord. Come on down and worship the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.